This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. American servicemen and their friend on vacation in France praise for stopping what could have been a mass killing. Joe Biden is adding intrigue to the Democratic race. Biden met privately with popular liberal Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. You can't turn over the government to a, a person just because you like uh, you like his hat. The FBI does not investigate machines. It investigates people. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Her email would have been safer if it would have been entrusted to Ashley Madison. It's 904 at News Radio 1067. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. And I'm watching my screens right now to see what happens with the Dow. Uh, here's what you need to know immediately. Uh, Half an hour ago, the NASDAQ canceled all of its futures trading. That's when you you know, think what you think is going to happen when the markets are rolling uh, because it hit the circuit breaker. It fell by 5%. There's, uh, the markets have controls on them because of things that have happened in the past, like the Great Depression and bread lines and the whole bit. Uh, and uh, at certain points, if the market moves too quickly down, you have uh, circuit breakers kick in. Well, the circuit breakers have kicked in today. And that's what you need to know. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about. Can't wait to talk to you about it, uh, including the American heroes in France who've done what Americans have done in France so many times, saving the French from angry, violent uh, anti-Semites. Uh, and some uh, some interesting stories, too. A fun story from Ireland. I do this radio thing in Ireland uh, a woman has, uh, uh, in, the, in the media, a, a television presenter, as they call them, is about to have a kid at 44. And there's some blowback about how old is too old to be c- becoming a mom. But the number one thing in your world right now, whether you're paying attention or not, look, you can be uh, bemoaning the parting of one direction. You can be focused on preseason football. Who watches preseason football, by the way? Are you kidding me? Pre-season? Are you? That's just sad. You're just a sad person if you're watching fake football. Because what it is, it's fake football. But pre- preseason football is like those lame, pseudo R-rated porn movies. Remember those back where they would have, like, almost porn? And it wouldn't be... That's what, that's what preseason football is. But anyway... Here's what's re- what you need to know. The it's not just that uh, the markets are tanking. It's not just that uh, the value in uh, the stock market and in your 401k and in your uh, investment folio and in your savings is plunging. It's that there is no backside to this. There's no, I can't tell you the story of, oh my gosh, you know, oil prices have whatever. You know, the Iranians did something crazy and oil did something crazy. So we're going to go through some craziness and then your money's going to be okay. 
I can't tell you that because there is no craziness in this. What you have is China uh, you know, grows at, this, at an amazing pace because it's China and you have people who were living in mud huts who are now starting to get homes with roofs and electricity. And so that's created an opportunity for a lot of growth. Well, a lot of those uh, mud huts have now been replaced with real homes and the industrialization that was cheap and easy to do has happened. And, um, uh, and so now this rate of growth that China had that the rest of the world was kind of feeding off of, it's come down towards kind of more normal. Meanwhile, the Chinese, because they have this, you know, authoritarian government, they don't have as free a government as the, as we do. I know that's frightening. Uh, they, they've been screwing with the markets Screwing with what their money's worth and, you know, trying to keep things artificially pumped up. Well, the artificial got popped. And so the Chinese market is collapsing. And so the rest of the world that's you know bought into that is being influenced by it. And so the headline is investors brace for ugly day today on Wall Street. We're going to bring you every step of it throughout the show today, nine to noon here on the Michael Graham show, because there is nothing more important than how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to take care of your kids? Uh, you know, how are you going to have the money you need to retire? How? And in fact, in just a few moments, we're going to be joined by uh, Mark Lloyd from the Lloyd Group. He also hosts the Retirement Symphony every weekend here on News Radio 106.7 to get an update on what is happening, what to expect, and what to do about it. But there is good news here for younger people. If you're a couple in your 30s or 40s, this is actually a day you should have been waiting for. Uh, because it's your opportunity to get in when things are down. And so that's why I want to talk to Mark Lloyd about this and get some get you some expertise on this. But the that's the the foreign, you know, the Chinese, the big global thing, right? There's a flip side for us on this. And that is that I think people are starting to notice just how relatively broke we are. And I don't mean broke as um, uh, in, in the sense of, you know, uh, starving, can't pay the, you know, can't, you know, don't have a place to live, that kind of thing. And I don't mean broke in the sense of the federal government's debt, although our federal debt is massive. President Obama has added more debt than not just any other president, but for almost every other president, but two Combined, we've had this massive surge of debt, and the debt was supposed to fix things so that you and I could go to work in regular jobs and make more money, be more prosperous. When we were told when we spent a trillion dollars we didn't have on the stimulus and when we pumped all this money into magic solar plant panels and blah, 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 that this was going to result in green jobs and you know amazing growth jobs, we were told this again and again. Well, guess what? You are, you're, if you're an average American, your income is still lower than it was in 2007. You're working harder. If you're the average household, you're working harder than you were when President Obama was elected, but you're actually netting less money. And I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, white, black, that sucks. Normally what happens and if you're over 30, you're old enough to remember this. What happens is you have some, ah, you know, something goes wrong. Remember 2000, 2001, the tech bubble burst at the end of the Clinton presidency? And it was, ah, 
and things sucked. And then we did some, you know, tax cutty stuff, whatever. And then the economy took off again and the market took off and people started making more money and unemployment in real numbers went down. People were looking. You couldn't fill the jobs. Remember that? 2005, 2006, you couldn't fill the jobs. Same thing happened um, H.W. Bush was president. We had a little mini uh, downturn. It wasn't a full recession. And then, you know, the uh, tech bubble started and people discovered the interwebs. And all of a sudden, boom, things were exploding. And before that, under Reagan, you know, the, the same. we're used to this. Yeah, stuff goes wrong. But then we climb out and we're stronger than ever. Well, stuff went wrong. We're climbing. And we're still as weak as when we started. There's an interesting and annoying piece in the Washington Post from over the weekend where a guy proposes seriously that he thinks that black voters should have their votes counted for more than everybody else. That a black voter's vote should count as five-thirds of a vote, one in 1.6 votes. And so if you know 10 black people vote for somebody, they actually got 16 votes as opposed to if 10 Hispanic people, 10 white people, 10 Asian people. And he's very serious about this. And one of his points is that this needs to happen so that Washington and the you know, political system will finally help fix the problems facing black America. And if I could get this guy in the show, and I'm, I'm trying to, I want to ask him, what is it exactly that we would have done? Well, Michael, if we'd had, you know, if we had uh, given black voters, uh, you know, almost twice as many votes as white people, Barack Obama would have been elected president. Oh, wait, he was. Yeah. <laughs> and he was reelected. Well, we would have had a Democratic supermajority in the Senate. Well, you did have a Democratic supermajority. My point is, it doesn't matter if you, know, if you count every black vote as one vote, two votes, a thousand votes. What are we going to actually do so that we can undo what's happened the past seven years, which is that black households, particularly low-income black households, have suffered more in the real economy than anybody else. The fact is, if you're a, a, a black guy who was 30 when President Obama was elected, you're headed towards 40 now. You're working harder than you were working before, and you're probably making less money, less net real after inflation money. And that sucks. And that sucks, period. And it, has, it doesn't have anything to do with whether you like Donald Trump or George, Jeb Bush or Republicans or Democrats. That just plain sucks. What this shakedown the market today is going to point out, I hope, is how crappy our economy has been the last eight years and why we need to do something to fix things here so that you can have a job that pays real money and creates real wealth for you and your family. You deserve it. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham. So much talk, so little time. Coming up later in the show, uh, she waited on a table for an hour. At the end of the meal, they stiffed her and wrote LOL on her ticket. Why? Well, because they waited for their meal for an hour. Uh, and now uh, people are upset. I personally think they did absolutely the right thing. I'll explain why coming up later in the show. Speaking of doing the right thing, what is the right thing to do today as we wait for the market to fling itself off uh, 
the, a building and splat on the streets below us. The smart thing is to listen to the Retirement Symphony every Saturday and Sunday here on News Radio 1067 so you can get the wisdom, the pearls of wisdom that drop the lips of Mark Lloyd. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. I wish there was better circumstances being here today, but glad to be on with you. Well, I want to get to that in a second about the people for whom this is actually better circumstances. But first, because you work at the Lloyd Group and you handle people's uh, assets, what are the things you're telling your panic-stricken clients when they call this morning? Well, we're very fortunate because we don't have many panic-stricken clients because we're in a situation where we're constantly educating our clients throughout the year on what volatility means. And this is that's what you're seeing right now. You're seeing an exercise of volatility. And it's the volatility that allows the market to gain and get to the next level. It's the volatility that drives returns. And we, we are firm believers that one of the greatest wealth creation tools on the planet is still stocks. Just imagine taking, you know, you're a gardener and you're taking your shrubs out there and you're trimming your shrubs and the next year the shrubs are bigger and better. That's what happens in the market and that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, so we see this time and time again. I remember last uh, last year in the third quarter around September, October, there was a 7% dip on, in the Dow. And by the time it quit dropping and people were starting to get a little fidgety and nervous, but when it start, stopped dropping, it was a tremendous opportunity to buy stocks, and it grew 9% very fast. And with that that issue that we had in the third quarter and I remember very you know what was mm-hmm. going on we had Ebola remember back when we had Absolutely Ebola, Ebola. Yes, we did. had ISIS we had problems in Europe mm-hmm. which is you know same 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 tune <laughs> next verse we had problems in Asia just like right now and and when at the end of the day the market was resilient and came back and came roaring back so this is very simple. This is a buying opportunity for those who can afford to be in the market long term. Take advantage of it. Just think day after Thanksgiving sale for Christmas shopping. We're talking to Mark Lloyd with the Lloyd Group, a host of the Retirement Symphony, Saturday and Sundays here on News Radio 106.7. And I agree with you. This is what I'm telling everybody, particularly in their 30s and 40s. Today is your shopping day because you know that these major player stocks aren't going to disappear. You know that AT&T and Coca-Cola and stuff like that, you know that these funds that are in sectors like healthcare, they're not going to disappear. You know that over time they're going to go up. Uh, what are, what's your advice to a younger person who's thinking, today's the day I've been waiting for, buy low and sell high. What should I be looking for, Mark Lloyd? Diversification is the key. Diversification drives 92% of the returns that you get in your 401k. So if you're a young person, you can afford to be in a growth or aggressive portfolio. Growth would be 75% in equity, 75% in stocks, 25% in fixed income, which are bonds. That's a growth fund. An aggressive model would be more like 95-5. It would be 95% in equities and 5% in in fixed income. If I was in a growth model, 40 to 45% of it probably needs to be U.S. and then the rest of it international, 30 30 to 35% in international, and then the rest of it in fixed income. You need to be diversified and globally invested. Why am I saying that? And why am I saying well, actually, that? Let me, let me interrupt you there because I want to make sure we cover everything and then maybe we okay. can come back to that because th- there is something different about today. The Dow futures fell 800 points, S&P down 100 points. The brakes have been applied. As you know, the, the circuit breakers in trading have been applied in, in, I think, every major trading you know, group, Dow, et cetera, because it's been so bad. A 10% drop. 
which is classic correction uh, territory. Mm-hmm. And this can't be blamed, I don't think, on a single, you know, this isn't an ISIS Ebola kind of event. China has kind of, you know, gotten itself into a pickle as far as the growth. Well, they, de- they, they devalued on. his currency. Right. They devalued yeah. his currency. Because, and that's what their growth, because their growth wasn't where it was. They needed to sell, you know, get, you know, to, to try to fake some growth up. What would you say to people who say, there's so much debt out there in the world. There's so little real growth. You know what I mean, Mark? Real growth, not the fake market growth, but guys working today and earning more than they earned yesterday. There's so little growth that we're in a different place. What, what do you tell your clients who ask questions like that? Okay, very simple. Where do you put your money where you can, where you can earn interest today? It's not at a bank because interest rates are historically right. low. And even if Janet Yellen raises interest rates a quarter of a point, that's not going to make a significant difference. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it's not bonds either because if she does raise interest rates a quarter of a point, you could watch the principal on your bond values drop. That's what happens. When interest rates go up, bond values drop. So you have to look get two plays here. Be a long-term investor and buy while it's on sale and be globally invested. The EFI index through six months this year was up okay. over 4%. And the okay, U.S. We, was we up only 2 We don't know what the EFI index is. You'll have to help us with that. What's the EFI index? What's this? EFI index is what, what is the benchmark for international stocks. Mm-hmm. And the international market was beating the U.S. market earlier this year. Why? Because right now over in Europe, they have their version of their stimulus where they're buying 60 billion euros a month worth of bonds to pr- pump their economy like we did in 2013. Mm-hmm. In 2013, see, we're in the, we're, we're in the third longest run-up in the history of Wall Street of over 2,250-plus days since, since March of 2009. Mm-hmm. What drove that run up artificially, like you said earlier, low interest rates, and we were pumping the economy by buying $85 billion worth of bonds every month. Europe is doing that right now. And you hear bad news in the media. You know, we're part of the media together. You hear bad news in Greece. Greece already defaulted years ago. I mean, it's it's normal stuff. (laughs) So you have to take advantage of it and buy it. And plus, Greece's economy is about the size of Oregon's economy. There you go. The size of Indiana. It really really is. But here's this one. One last thing I want to leave you with, because I, once again, I, I hope that message is getting out to the guy who's sitting in his truck who's you know working in a job who's you know 40 years old is get in the market over time i i'm with you i'm a believer i'm a believer in the ability of human beings to find new ways to make new stuff you know betting on people is a smart bet over time but there is something nerve-wracking about whenever you mention growth it's yeah america got growth fake interest rates and fake money that they borrowed <laughs> themselves europe has growth Fake interest rates and fake money. China, faking their money now. Is there any place in the world, Mark, where people are creating growth because they invented a new product or came up with a new efficiency to make actual wealth? Or are we now just in this permanent world of fake money moving around? I do believe that all of the manipulation globally, and, and, and you just hit the nail on the head, it's been going on globally, yep. that has driven the markets to rise faster. But you, you have to look at it. Free markets is still where you need to invest your money long term. It's not at the bank, but it's in stocks. Right. So you just have to, you know, again, rely on being coached. So, you know, 
Talk to your financial advisor. Right. And, and you asked earlier, our clients call us all the time. We do regular educational classes right here for our clients every month. These are coaching sessions. We talk how you make money in, an, in a volatile market, how you take advantage of volatility and make it work for you. And you have, that's how the wealth gets wealthier. That's how the rich get richer. They buy when it's on sale, and they keep invested in the market long term. I've invested in Donald Trump hats. I'm telling you, Donald <laughs> Trump hats the way to go. Mark Lloyd, the Lloyd Group, every Saturday and Sunday, 1 p.m. on the Retirement Symphony here on News Radio. Thanks so much for fitting us in this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Have a great day. You too. 844-404-1067. We're going to bring you the market numbers as they happen. Of course, we have other stuff to talk about too, including American heroes in France and insanity in our public schools. It's all happening on The Michael Graham Show. minutes into the day trading and Dow is down 975 points. Let's dip into Fox News there. Uh, analysts talking about it right now. How bad is it when you're up at these levels, 15, 16,000? Um, we're off a thousand, nearly a thousand points at this point. Well, let me say this. We're, we're coming off a six-year bull market. A six-year bull market, typically markets correct in 18 months, 20 months, so we were way overdue for a correction. There is no doubt about that. Uh, just as a context setter here, there's been no close uh, 700s below, lower, since 2008. So if we were to close at these levels, it, it would be very close to the 2008 experiences we had in the big market meltdown then. But Keep this in perspective here. We've had a market that has gone to town. If you've been an individual investor, you've had your 401k uh, in stocks, you know what this has been like, right? You've had a great ride here. Uh, corrections are inevitable. Uh, they happen pretty routinely, and frankly, we're overdue. Jerry, and you, as you look at this in terms of the, the number of points that are dropped, we're now down almost a thousand, seven minutes in here. That's one thing. As you look at the percentages down 5.79 as we look at the board, is it, does it seem as bad as it is? Is it as scary oh. as it seems when you look at those big numbers, the Dow dropping a thousand? Well, you make a good point because, you know, at the levels we're trading at, uh, any, you know, the moves look more impressive than they really are in all likelihood. But I have to tell you, uh, the professionals are paying attention to this. If you look over history, even back to the 2008 sell-off, what you find is individual investors are the people who are more likely to keep their powder dry, more likely to sit on the sidelines. And why? Because their money is long-term, right? They're investing for retirement. They're investing for their kids' college education. They're thinking many years down the road, a decade, two decades down the road. So they don't pay attention to these machinations like this. They don't have to. They're not forced to. It's the professionals, really, who are out there trading right now and um, making decisions in it, real time in the marketplace. And but that's Jerry Willis that with uh, Fox News and Fox Business talking about this. The Dow, it's actually recovered some, only down 828 points as we speak here at 844-404-1067. Uh, or you can email me, Michael at MichaelGraham.com. Uh, and so my question is, what to do? What should you be doing today? And uh, I thought Jerry Willis hit on it a little bit. It's individual investors like you and me, normal people, who tend not to you know, uh, 
freak out, jump in, I should say, with the gyrations of the market. What concerns me is not that, you know, the stock market has a bad day. Stock market has good days. Stock market has bad days. You cannot ride this stuff and live your life in my experience. I, um, I, I absolutely am one of those people who says, look, hey, it, particularly if you're younger, you're not approaching retirement, you're in the 30s, 40s, today is a great day. Jump in and, you know, buy stocks, buy uh, funds that represent groups of stocks, you know, get into the whatever, the healthcare sector or the transportation sector or whatever. But, you know, buy one of these index funds, get in today while it's super cheap and then ride the next wave because you know that over time the market's going to go up because you know that over time people are going to create more wealth. It's what human beings do. We are, particularly here in America, we are hard workers and we get stuff done. But the part that bugs me or that, that makes me nervous, I should say, is what I was discussing with Mark Lloyd at the Lloyd Group is since the 2007 collapse in particular, we've had nothing but kind of fake ec- economics. We had a stimulus that was, you know, throwing a trillion dollars that we had to borrow into the economy for bridges to nowhere and more government jobs. And, of course, the effect of stimulus, nothing. You remember the big uh, cash for clunkers? We found out that the net impact of cash for clunkers was zero, that nobody bought a car that wasn't going to buy a car. They just shifted their car buying uh, uh, pattern. It didn't create any wealth, any new economics. Uh, And then, of course, the whole quantitative easing thing, that thing where you have uh, the American government essentially buying money from itself to shove more money into the overall economy. This is all the fakery stuff. What we've what's happened in the past is, uh, you know, we you have World War Two, then everyone comes home and they get to work and they build more houses and they build more cars and those houses and cars get bought and sold. And we have, you know, and it's making real stuff and we're selling real stuff for real money. And then you have the 70s, the crappy downturn and lots of big government regulations and high taxes, whatever. And what it come, happens, Reagan comes in, cuts taxes, puts more money into the hands of regular people. We build more, uh, you know, battleships and stuff to confront the Soviet Union and the economy takes off because we're building and making more stuff. And then you have another kind of flat downturn. The, the Cold War ended and, you know, the economy shifts around. And then somebody invents the Internet and it wasn't Al Gore. Somebody really invents the internet, and so all of a sudden there's new ways to communicate, new industries, and new ways to sell stuff, and, it, and then you have that boom. And it, this time, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see what people are doing to create real wealth that creates real jobs. What I see is median household incomes still lower than they were eight years ago. And that's bad. What I see is people working harder than they were eight years ago and earning less money. What I see is a smaller percentage of able-bodied men in the economy. Did you know that every day about four out of every ten men between uh, 18 and 65 don't go to work? Every day, about four out of ten men in prime working years, don't. And they don't because they they can't find work 
that you know pays more than what they can net out living at home or they work scam jobs on the sides and collect benefits or they've already gotten early retirement because they got bought out because their company was doing so crappy to, to dump people and on and on and on. And this is what makes me nervous. If more people were working more and earning more money and creating more wealth, then I wouldn't sweat a bad day on the stock market. But today, it should be a reminder to all of us of just how low we've set the bar, our low expectations. This new normal of people not working and of lower incomes and of people working harder for less, this should not be the normal. We should not accept it. We should be mad that this is what Washington has brought us in the past six years. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 949. I am Michael Graham, your only licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. What is the natural truth? It's the way the world really works whether we like it or not. And here is the deal. Eventually, somebody has to make something and somebody has to sell something. Eventually, that's what has to happen in the economy. And we have this fake economy right now where the federal government seizes trillions of dollars from people who work and earn it, and they spread it around out to people, some of whom are working. We've got lots of working families who are collecting food stamps and some people who aren't working at all. But this shoving around of the money, redistributing the money, hasn't caused any growth. It hasn't caused, you know, a young guy gets out of high school or gets out of college and he goes out and his job that, you know, that is worth $15,000 this year will be worth $16,000 next year and $30,000 10 years from now and $100,000 20 years from now. That's growth, real live growth. We used to take it for granted. Now the growth isn't there. And I just can't figure out why is nobody looking at Washington? Why is nobody looking at the politicians who've been running things for the past six years and saying, hey, what the hell? We gave you trillions of dollars of debt that we have to pay back. My kids have to pay back. And what do you got? You got this crappy economy where if China gets a nosebleed, our market drops. What is the debt last time we checked? 600? Was it down 600 or more? 600 points. We'll give you the latest numbers in just a moment here. 844-404-1067. Is this the new normal? Are you prepared to say that your kids are going to spend the rest of their lives working and never seeing any significant improvement in their lifestyle? Are you prepared to say this is as good as it gets? Or are you going to do what we've always done in the past, which is when things suck, we fire the people in Washington and get new people? David, you're on the air with Michael Graham. I think you, you bring up a lot of valid points, and what is really amazing is the amount of uh, low-level grumbling but overall complacency you encounter on a day-to-day basis. Yep. Uh, people do not articulate what they want changed, who they want it to change, anything like that. Uh, there is a bright spot or two in the last uh, 10 years and it's not really attributable to who's in any political office. Now, as technology keeps trundling along, no matter what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, I think that I just heard a number uh, the other day that about two-thirds of adult Americans have smartphones. Now, granted, about 
one third of Americans know what to do with their smartphone. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we we have that going on. Televisions are cheaper, and you know, we can stare at them even more closely than our reality TV is our brains rot. Mm, right. Um, but you know, I think that's one of the things that people ignore is um, as technology gets better. It, it keeps on evolving kind of in our background that we wind up with things that our parents didn't even have access to, and they keep getting better and cheaper. Mm-hmm. But that's a technological development. That is not necessarily, a, uh, as you say, a, an overt productivity right. result. Yeah, uh, the, and the, I, the I, fact I, that, we have sm- that people can afford smartphones is great. But at some point, somebody's going to have to make a living, you know, to buy that smartphone. And what are they going to do if the smartphones aren't manufactured here, if the smartphones aren't marketed here? You see what I'm saying? At some point, somebody has to make something that work that works. Some, at some point, you have to have something to sell. And by the way, selling finances, I'm not, it's, when, I, when you have something to sell, it doesn't have to necessarily be a factory. It doesn't have to be something you make on an assembly line. You can sell financial services. You can sell health care services. We're going to need a lot of both. You can sell, you know, food. You can sell experiences. You know, that's what vacations and holidays are. You can sell massages. but And, and you can sell happy endings. We can sell whatever. But if we're not doing what has happened is we used to expect that the work we put in would re- uh, result in greater and greater rewards. Today, as the Dow's down right now, 799 points. 799 points. China has lost all of its growth for the whole year 2015 in two days. All of the economy that went up, nine was eight, eight months worth, gone in two days. Today's the day to ask, are you okay with this? And you know what's stopping you from answering the question? Once again, it's politics. I don't want to say anything negative because then I'll be saying something negative about President Obama and I don't want to be mean to President Obama. I mean this in the nicest way possible. This is from my heart and Christian love and charity. Screw President Obama. This is your family. This is your future. The fact is that if you are a low-income black family, your income has gone down under this president. Your job prospects have gone down under this president. Your unemployment rate for young black men has gone up. It is higher than any other group. And it's, that's not because of just, you know, stuff happening in the sky. It's because we've welcomed a huge number of low-skill workers to compete with, uh, with uh, young men coming out of, uh, you know, high school and are looking to start their jobs and they have relatively low skills. We've we brought in a, a surge of laborers for them to compete with. It's because we put up a ton of new regulations that make it harder to hire people. It's because we've raised the minimum wage, so it's harder to get that first job. This president and the people with him have done stuff to screw lower middle class families. And I'm just, I, I, I want I want people to be held responsible, not because of Republicans versus Democrats, but because we as a country deserve better than this. And the only reason people aren't connecting the, oh, my God, this has been a really crummy economy and the real life they're experiencing. Well, two, the previous call made a good point. As long as you got reality TV to watch and you can afford your cable bill and you got a cool smartphone, it, it, that's a very easy distractor for a lot of people. The other side is 
politics. I don't want to say something negative about the Democratic president, the first black president. So I'm going to be silent even as things in my community get worse. (laughs) I think that's uh, a very short-sighted way of looking at things. You, your family, whether you live in downtown Atlanta or you live in the suburbs of Alpharetta, you deserve better. And I'm hoping to get you to demand that. Great piece in the AJC this weekend. New poll on public schools and Americans. Americans are total morons when it comes to our public schools. I'll explain why. The French gunman, Ayub El-Khazani, turns out apparently he's not Amish, as first expected. He says, no, 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 no terrorism. I happened to find a bag full of Kalishnikov. And I was on the train just looking for friends. Uh, uh-huh. I got that story with you. And just when you think it, the campaign season can't get more entertaining, Joe Biden may be teaming up with Liz Warren. The idiot and the engine. A News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Don't forget your chance to win free lunch will be coming up at 1130. Uh, we do it uh, every day in the lunch line. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Also, the Confession Hotline is open for your calls at 404-436-2007. 404-436-2007. And the best call into the lunch line, into the uh, Confession Hotline today will win a pair of tickets to see Under the Sun featuring Better Than Ezra, Sugar Ray, Uncle Cracker, and Eve Six at Chastain this Wednesday. So, yeah, Uncle Cracker, Sugar Ray, I, I like both those uh, uh, I would say both those guys. Um, and uh, so that's your chance to win them in the confession hotline. Just call 404-436-2007. If you want to confess your uh, thoughts on what's going on with the economy, your thoughts on the, what's going on with the stock market, uh, you feel free to do so. You may want to call in your advice to Hillary. Uh, that's one of the uh, hashtags that was trending over the weekend because uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton's ongoing travails with uh, common sense. Well, it goes to the heart of what her campaign message is, is I'm one of you and I'm going to fight for you. But the reality is, and this is where the, the campaign still has its biggest problem, is explaining why on earth she set up a separate server in the first place. Normal people don't do that. Normal people don't do that. You're absolutely right. And also, the uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton defenders keep saying, oh, no, 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 she's not under investigation her computer is under investigation. No, 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 she hasn't done anything wrong at all. To say that the investigation is not of someone personally is ridiculous. The FBI does not investigate machines. It investigates people. <laughs> of course it investigates people. Uh, sir, yes, uh, we're here on a murder investigation. We'd like to investigate your gun, please. Yes, your gun may be facing life in prison for the bullet that came out of it that killed somebody. And uh, I thought this was an interesting analysis of just how badly Hillary has handled her 
uh, national security related intelligence community community classified information as president uh, secretary of state. It's now even clear to the most liberal of reporters who have been supporting her all along that her email and this email debacle that her email would have been safer if it would have been entrusted to Ashley Madison. Okay, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, I, I make light of it, but the fact is that all the intelligence experts that we have spoken to yes. say that everybody in the world had access to that email server, everybody. except the American people and maybe the FBI, but we don't even know if they'll have access to it. Better, It would have been safer on AshleyMadison.com, and so our national inf- interest secrets out there uh, on a unprotected computer that the Chinese and Russia's have almost certainly hacked into. And so we're looking for your advice for Hillary, whether, and I'm looking at the hashtag on Twitter right now, advice for Hillary, never wear orange. Uh, If you're issued a subpoena, your deletion binge will only make you look guilty. Uh, Leave the server, take the cannoli. That's uh, some advice for, uh, for Mrs. Bill Clinton. Social media means bad news travels faster and spreads further. Get your story straight, something that she hasn't done. So if you have some advice for Hillary, uh, the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. And like I said, best uh, call we get today. We'll get t- tickets to that concert with uh, uh, Sugar Ray, Uncle Cracker, Better Than Ezra, et cetera, et cetera. Another uh, question for you, and perhaps you want to respond to this on the confession hotline. I've talked about, uh, we've been talking about working and working harder and earning more. One of my favorite jobs I've ever had was waiting tables. In fact, I think this is such an important learning experience. I would change the Constitution. I would add a constitutional amendment that says nobody should be allowed to be president who has not at some point in their life had to wait tables. Because you learn so much about people and about uh, economics and about how the world really works. Well, this 20-year-old Rutgers student was waiting tables at DJ's Bar and Grill uh, last week and had a party of eight. The party of eight went in. They had a total bill of 112 bucks. So obviously it's not a super expensive place to eat there. And they paid for it by credit card. And when this waitress, uh, the the Rutgers student, went over and picked up the credit card, there was no tip. And instead of a tip where you normally you know how they have the line, you know, bill uh, amount of tip, they instead of a number, they wrote LOL. And right next to the LOL, they put the phrase, wait an hour for food. And so they left no tip and they went back. Well, the waitress is very upset. So she took to Facebook to lament about the indignity. She also posted a photo of the receipt, blurring the personal information so no one would know, you know who this was or see their credit card numbers. Um, and she says, I would have preferred a zero tip than an LOL tip. But as a waitress, bad tips and harsh notes are all part of the job. Even though they did wait an hour to eat, they remained satisfied with filled drinks and proper notice that the kitchen was busier than normal. I provide great service to my customers. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Which one is it? Did you provide great service to your customers or did they wait an hour 
for their food. Because it can't be both. Either I get my food not in an hour after sitting down and ordering my meal, or I don't. One of the two. But great service does not involve and you waited an hour for your food. I, I, once again, as a guy who's waited tables and who really enjoyed it, I, I'm calling BS on this. Well, I told them the kitchen was a little busier than an hour. I don't mean an hour waiting for a table. I don't mean an hour, you know, you order your drinks. I mean an hour. They wait. They ordered their food, and an hour later, they did not have their food. Do you know what that means? That means no tip. That's how it works. I hire you to do a job. Bring me my food. That's all you got to do. Just bring me my food. It takes you an hour. You don't bring my food, you don't get a tip. So writing the LOL and being a jerk about it, I don't like that. But I like the fact that they wrote on the check, hey, we waited an hour for our food. That's how it is supposed to work. I think that the uh, customer was absolutely right. And the fact that this waitress is whining about it, lady, you should be ashamed of the fact that someone could sit at your table waiting an hour and they still don't have. And this is, once again, DJ's Bar and Grill. It's not like you're ordering the pheasant or the chicken l'orange. It's not like they're having to go out and prep the veal by hand. You're ordering, it's a $112 total bill for eight people. You're ordering burgers and fries and and chicken fingers. And it waits an hour? No. I'm sorry, ma'am. You, you didn't get a tip because you didn't earn a tip. That's how it works. 844-404-1067 or call the confession hotline 404-436-2007. Let's- Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1019. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham. So here's your good news. The Dow is only down 380 points. That's the yeah, that's the kind of day it is when it's only down 380 points. Uh, I, I'm the uh, tireless voice of people who work for a living and the fact that you are working harder than ever and yet as average household incomes go, taking home less is a problem. The fact that we've had horrible growth uh, in incomes the last six years. In fact, we've borrowed so much money. We're at about $19 trillion in debt and have so little real growth to show for it. Really, really bothers me. So I'm on the side of people who work for a living, but I'm also on the side of when you work for a living and you save up and you get a, you know, you're a babysitter, which is harder and harder to afford, and you and your lovely bride go out and you finally have a chance to have dinner together and you sit down, and the waitress comes over, the giggling. You know how they are. This is a 20-year-old college student girl. How you doing? I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you order your drinks. That's great. And then you order your dinner, and then you wait. And then you wait. And after 20 minutes, you're like, uh, is our food coming? <laughs> the kitchen's busy today. <laughs> and you wait. And 40 minutes go by. Honey, I know we've got the babysitter. I know we're trying to see a movie. I wanted to go see the movie. And now we're just... We don't even have our food yet. And then finally, after 60 minutes, an hour, finally your food comes. I can't get you And then she's stunned that she doesn't get a tip. Are you kidding me? I, 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 I will, I, the only thing that stuns me about the story, and stunned is too strong a word, is I'm surprised that they sat and waited. When I was waiting tables, 
I and I, and I by the way, this is my prediction. This is what really happened in the state. She says it was the well, the kitchen was unusually busy. Yank yank. I'll tell you what happened. She forgot to turn in the order. I did it a couple times. I waited tables and I liked doing it, but you know, nobody's perfect. I screwed up. Oh my gosh, I forgot to turn in the order on table three. And then you run in and you beg the kitchen manager, can you please help me? And then you go out and you kind of song and dance them and hope they don't notice and hope they're not in a hurry. But, I, I, you know, it happens and you're embarrassed. You should be. You screwed up. Making someone wait for an hour for their food. Well, so she's upset. She got zero tip. I think the customers did the right thing. Leaving a snarky comment, not necessary, but telling them, hey, uh, yeah, no tip because we waited an hour for our meal. I think that's completely reasonable. 844-404-1067. John, you are on the air. Go right ahead. Mike, how are you doing? Doing fine, sir. All right. I love your show. I don't agree with you politically, but I really love your show. I listen to you every day. But um, I disagree with you on this one. Because just like you said, you was in the restaurant business. I did the mm-hmm. same thing back in high school. And until you just made that point when I was on hold, she probably did turn the ticket. Late. I think so. Uh, How I, else I, does I, a meal take an hour, man? Right. I mean, come on. You well, can't run a kitchen if the food's backed up an hour. No one's going to sit true. and wait for that. But since we don't, don't know that for a fact, a fact let's say that's mm-hmm. not the case. I understand what she's saying. She's saying I topped off their drinks. I, you know, I went to the table yeah. every couple of minutes. She, she provided good service. It's not an indictment on her if the kitchen's backed up. If that's what happened, providing that's what happened. I mean, you can't blame the cabbie. <laughs> If you're stuck in gridlock traffic, that, hey, this cab sucks. No, it doesn't. You're in gridlock traffic. John, That's that is it. a great analogy. The traffic cab, that is a great analogy. But I would have to change this. No one could stay in the cab business if every 10-minute ride took an hour. They just, the cab well, business got business. There's no way a kitchen, there's no way a restaurant could stay open if everybody's waiting for their food for an hour. You know what happens, man. True, the, cab true, true. Wrong, the cab took a wrong turn. The, but you the know cab got stuck in the Mike. Midtown Tunnel, man. That's what happened. I'm a, but I'm going to see what happened. I would have did this. Tipped up fairly mm-hmm. and just go and uh, leave, uh, what you call that, when you do reviews in a restaurant. Right. That's an indictment on the establishment, not on her. That's uh, what I'm, I, so, I would have so, done. I, I'm sorry. I, it, I, I, the two, two things. One, and great call, by the way, at 844-404-1067. Two things. Number one, no. It is not an hour for everyone to get their food in the kitchen. The restaurant would be shut down. It wouldn't stay in business anymore. Um, number two, I hire a waitress to be my field commander on my evening. That's what I did when I waited tables. My job, I had people come in. They'd tell me, look, we're not in a rush. We really want to enjoy our evening. Take your time. I know that means we're going to take up your table for a turn or two. Don't worry. We'll take care of you the back end. And I was like, okay, great. Slowed everything down. And then other people are like, oh, we're really trying to, you know, make this movie or do this thing. Or can you help us out? And that, that was my job. And sometimes I succeeded and sometimes I failed. But I was supposed to be paid on how I did. Not paid on, uh, you know, well, you were here, weren't you? You were filling up my glass while I wasn't eating. No, it's your job to feed me. That's, that's the restaurant business. If you aren't feeding me, you have failed your fundamental purpose. Mike is on News Radio 1067. Hello, Mike. Thanks for the call. Hey, Michael. Hey, man. I think culturally, uh, we as Americans are always in a rush. We're in a rush in the car. We're in a rush mm-hmm. while we're eating. We're in a rush while we're in line. Right. We're always in a rush. Mm-hmm. And I think culturally, if you go to other countries, you understand that eating is an experience. You enjoy it. You relax. It's a time to slow down. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, I think sometimes the waitress is the front person for all of the things behind her. 
maybe hypothetically uh, the kitchen staff was having trouble. Maybe mm. hypothetically the oven was broken. Maybe hypothetically something was happening that particular night. Maybe a, a head cook mm. called in sick and they had a backup guy trying to trying to fill the gap and didn't quite work out. Mm. But I still sometimes we as Americans, we as patrons, we have a, a, a set of expectations right. where our waitress or waiter is going to fail no matter how hard they try. And I think we I need to set our, our, our realistic. I don't think an hour is, you know, setting the bar too high is being in a rush. You know what I'm saying? You make a good point that sometimes some people just walk in with a chip on their shoulder. I know this is going to stink. And I always wonder, then why don't you go out? You know, why, why don't you just stay home and be cranky? So I, you make a good point. But can't, come on, it's an hour, man. Doesn't that end that debate about where the problem was? Obviously, the problem was on the restaurant, server, kitchen, and not the customer. Sure, but I think I think these people are out here working for a living, and right. I think anything that's outside of their control is outside of their control. And I think that we, as a blind patron coming in, just expecting mm-hmm. a hot, quick meal, is a little bit disingenuous yeah, to that server to allow them to do their full when service. When I go to a so so what, let me ask so you would have tipped this woman after you sat and waited an hour for your I would food? have I would have I would have tipped with an explanation of saying I'm sure this isn't your standard. I'm sure Why are you I mean sure you, of you, that? Why are you no, sure well, that? you, you I, say you've never had no, crappy no, you service? Say, I have I get crappy service a third of the time. No, everybody has a bad day. And I'm saying if you if you have a bad service and you're like, wow man, that was kind of tough and then you go back and you right. say, wow, you know, I had great service I think that maybe that one time wasn't a true example of that. Well, of that, then that, that one restaurant. time it will not hurt her bottom line to get paid what she's worth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain why I think the the very thoughtful call from Mike is completely wrong and upside down. And I don't believe that Mike believes what he just said. I'll explain why coming up in mere moments. We got you. Oh, oh, uh, and we're keeping an eye on the Dow. What's the latest number down? It's only down 313 points. <laughs> Yep, that's the good news. It's that kind of day. I am Michael Graham. I don't tip because society says I have to. All right, I mean, I'll tip if somebody really deserves a tip. If they really put forth the effort, I'll give them something extra. But, I mean, it's tipping automatically. It's for the birds. Good morning, it's 1035. I am Michael Graham, the working man's friend. And here's the deal. You work, you do your job, right? You do your job, you bust your butt, you try to do your job right. Correctly? Correct? Correct? Your job is to whatever. Sell cars or to make parts or whatever. So you show up to do your job, and that day, ugh, you don't sell cars. You don't make parts. You whatever. You drop the tools, you cheese off the customers, whatever. What happens to you? If you don't do your job, you don't get paid. That's how it works. If Let's say you're a mechanic, and I leave you my car, and I say, yeah, whatever, you know, the, it won't start. And I come back the next day when you tell me to come back, and say, yeah, that'll be $643, okay, and then the car doesn't start. Well, I worked on it. I worked on it for a whole, it doesn't matter. The car doesn't start. Yeah, but I did, but no, 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 no. You do the work. Then you get paid. This lady's job was to bring people food. These people sat and waited for an hour, not for the table, not for drinks. They waited an hour from when they ordered their food to when their food came. And now she's like, I want my money. I'm mad. They didn't give me a tip. They wrote down waited hour for food. L-O-L is our tip. Now, that was kind of a jerky thing to do. 
But Mike, who called in earlier at 844-404-1067, and this is my very simple question. I, I can tell. Matt Dore in the Hamlin Special Traffic Center, I can tell you're a little uncomfortable with this conversation. Can I, can I run something? Can I run something by you, please, sir? Do you, do you mind if I run something by you? Okay. Okay. You go to a pie shop uh-huh. and ask to buy a pie for $10. I do enjoy pie. They don't give you a pie. Uh-huh. Do you give them the $10? Absolutely not. You go to the mall to Macy's and you want to buy a shirt. They don't give you the shirt. Do you give them the 25 bucks? Once again, no, sir. Exactly. You, My example earlier, you go to get your truck fixed. The guy doesn't fix your truck. Do you pay him? No. So why are we paying this woman for not bringing you your food? I don't. So what do you do when people, when you get really terrible service? I'm a proud stiffer, ladies. I think you know what I mean. No, I'm a proud stiffer. I'm a firm. I don't, I don't believe in crappy tips. I, I I've worked who, my share of tables and right. I, I have served my share of drinks as bartender in, and waitress. Do you believe in stiffing? Yes. Yeah. What I hate is bad tips. Like you get a 5% tip. Well, does that mean you're cheap? No. No. I mean, if the service is good, yeah, I exactly. tip well. You if get, they're busy, I can tell. If they're in the weeds, exactly. I know that that's not their but fault. I still totally, tip good. But if they poop the bed. If they're ignoring me and they're on Facebook, I'll no. If my Zero. tea glass goes fill and, and, and if my tea glass goes empty right. and there's nobody else in the restaurant, no, you're not getting a tip from me. Exactly. And that's how it's supposed to work. Thank you, Matt Dore. That's how it's supposed to work. Stiffing is the only way to communicate. You know the thing you learn in econ class? Remember, prices are a form of information. Prices tell you what stuff is worth. Prices tell you that things have changed. It's a form of communication. Stiffing is a form of communication. The notion that, I, Michael, I think that's terrible. I would never not tip a woman or you know, a server ever. What, but what about all my other examples of all the other times you don't pay people for not doing their job? What is it about waiting tables that you're supposed to pay the person whether they do they do their job or not? That's what I don't understand. Now, I know some people who have strategies for crummy service, like they do the thing where they take, they put a penny on the table and leave that. I think that's, I don't get that. The other one where they'll take the tip in change and they'll put it in the water glass and then they'll put the menu on the glass and turn it upside down and set it on the table and then slide the menu out from under the glass. So the glass is now on the table with the money in it, but you have to pick up the glass and make a huge mess to get that. I don't, that that's all jerky. I don't, I don't like that. And I also don't feel the need to go to the manager every single time. I mean, to me, it's the whole deal is 97% of the time I leave 15% or more. Usually around 20, cause 20 just because the math is easier. I'm a 15 to 20% guy without thinking about it. Uh, and then if it's – I've had a few occasions where the service was so good, I happily left 25%. But then the other 3 4% where I get absolutely lousy service, I just leave zero. And it speaks for itself, I think, at 844-404-1067. This woman got um, uh, stiff because the customers waited an hour for their food and she was upset, and she posted it on Facebook so people could see that she got zero. And, and there's this huge hue and cry about it. I think the right thing happened. If you have a strategy that you use when your service is lousy, call the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. Tell us what you've done when you've gotten bad service. Or if you're a weight person or former weight person like I am, what you did to people who were crappy tippers, call the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. Best call today wins tickets to see uh, Uncle Cracker, Sugar Ray, and the gang this Wednesday at Chastain. Let's go to Holly. Holly, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael. I absolutely love your show. Thank you for taking my call. (laughs) My pleasure. Go right ahead. 
Well, you know, I've been in the business for a very long time, and I've probably seen the best and worst of people from both sides. And mm-hmm. my big thing is, you know, to take 60 minutes to get your food out, you know, it, there's two things. Either she's just a really crappy server, because in this business, it's a very it's one of those jobs where it's kind of an in-between job for a lot of people. So either she just sucks at her job and was too afraid to get a manager to come and do a table touch. And secondly, why didn't a manager come and maybe send them out an appetizer real quick or try to defuse the situation? So either the restaurant sucks or maybe she just sucks as a server. Well, she's a college student. Now, have you ever waited tables with college students? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I found there are two kinds. <laughs> One kind was really, really good. They were really dedicated. They treated it like a serious job because they were that kind of person, and that's why they were in college. Exactly. The other side were the, I'm too good for this job, and I don't know why I have to wait on you people, and I'm going to have a college degree soon. And I, I, I've i had both of those. Have you had that experience? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I think sometimes people just, they're just, they just don't get it, you know, and they're just like, <laughs> they're just happy to do whatever they want to do. And, you know, and honestly, through the years, I've spent so much of my own personal money saying, you know what, I screwed up. I mean, I yep, recently exactly. forgot to ring a table with orders in, and I was like, oh, crap. So, you know what? I rang in an appetizer real quick. I got it out on the table. And you let your you let the management know, you know, mm-hmm. do a table exactly. touch. Say, hey, you know what? We're really, really sorry. Mm-hmm. And then, but on the other side, though, for them to say, hey, it took us 60 minutes, we don't really know if it really took 60 minutes because sometimes, like you said, customers come in with a chip on their shoulder. Sure. So mm-hmm. you can't really please them all. So, well, she I didn't mean, deny. Just, she didn't deny that it was 60 minutes. What she said was well, they should have tipped me anyway. <laughs> I'm with you, Holly. Thanks for the great call uh, here on the Michael Graham Show. We've got so much more coming up on the show, including celebrating the American heroes in France. Plus, what do the nursery rhyme Bob Bob Black Sheep, your turkey sandwich, And the paper bag you brought it to work in all have in common. You will not believe this answer. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. All the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. It's 1048. Michael Graham, email me anytime, michael at michaelgram.com. You can also read my blog at michaelgram.com. Why Americans are total morons when it comes to public schools. I'll explain in just a second. So, Brandon, our executive producer of the show, well, how, how was your weekend, by the way? It was awesome. Are you recovered? I am so. Are we allowed to tell everyone that you were in Vegas or not? I was in Vegas and I did not marry a hooker. Uh huh. Didn't marry. No, didn't a marry. Hooker. Okay, that's the key, the key phrase there. True or false? You looked up at one point and saw two hookers standing in your room. True. Okay, there you go. Um, so, uh, anything else in Vegas that's just day in Vegas you want to share? With no, you? no, no. Everything else can. Did say. you do the big buffet thing where like you know you, you, you can eat buffet for like five ninety nine kind of thing? Or? We ate a two ninety nine breakfast at Blondie's uh. and paid for it about fifteen minutes later. <laughs> then we spent thirty dollars <laughs> on a breakfast at Paris uh-huh. and paid for that later. Oh, okay, also, that's good. so yeah. But good, we did do fifteen dollars like endless mimosas. That's a good good deal. Yeah. Cannot beat endless Nothing mimosas. Nothing like being drunk. No <laughs> kid. Eleven fifteen in the morning. It, uh, that's uh, hey, it's five a.m. somewhere. That's yeah. my motto. So I want to ask. I'm going to give you some items here, and I want you to tell me what they have in common. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, a master's degree from a college or university. Master's degree. Uh, breast meat on turkey. Uh, brown bag sandwich, I mean, brown bag lunch bags, 
what do they have in common? They're all useless if left out for 15 minutes. Okay, that's that's not quite the one okay. we're looking for. How about there's another item on the list. Um, complimenting America as a good place to live. For example, saying, I believe the most qualified person should get the job is also on this list. What what This is a list of what? Things. Climate change. Things Al Gore said? No. What climate change... America's great. I'll be, uh, this this maybe this will put you on top. The nursery rhyme, "Ba ba black sheep, have you any wool?" Microaggressions. You are so close. Racism. Oh. All these things on the list are racist. Ba, Savagely ba, racist. Uh, uh, the uh, John Leo at National Review posts a list: ten things that you didn't know were racist, and he's right. I did not. For example, the ma- why would a Masters of Arts or master's of science degree. Because a master. Master, exactly. Your slave owner, master. When you say master, Stephen Davis at Yale says the word master is, quote, severely upsetting to some students and driving them off campus. <laughs> Can you imagine fleeing campus because somebody has a master's degree? Um, Baba Black Sheep, of course. Because it has the word black in apparently. So family centers in Scotland, England, Australia now refer to rainbow sheep, happy sheep, or green sheep, even though these new adjectives make no sense at all. Green sheep? Gr- green sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three. But one's for the master. Oh, let's see. Now we got this. Yeah, You're twice see. as racist. Savagely racist. And then the two that I found the most confusing. So this is the question at 844-404-1067. Stuff that you have discovered in life, later in life, that are racist or offensive or sexist or bigger, that you had no idea and that you were just living your life. I, I I, I I mean I assume I told the Baba Black Sheep nursery rhyme to my kids at some point. I don't remember. You're racist. I didn't. I did not know. And while I don't have a master's degree, I could theoretically have gotten one. I didn't know. These are my favorites. You're racist because you like white meat. Writer Ron Rosenbaum in Slate says that uh, racism accounts for the popularity of white meat turkey over more flavorful dark meat. Quote: White meat turkey has no taste. Now he's right about that. Despite its superior taste, dark meat has dark undertones for some. Dark meat seems to summon up ancient fears of contamination and miscegenation as opposed to the superior purity of white meat. Now, do you like turkey? I love turkey. See, I'm 50 feet on turkey. Turkey's not very good. Anyway, when you get turkey, do you get the big white slice of breast or do you get the thigh or leg? I I love the dark meat. Ah, see, there you go. Well... When you make, when you don't make, say that, Eric. well, you were just in Vegas, and we still don't know how you paid for that trip, but maybe that was a hint. You and Chris Carter hanging out in your spare time. Were <laughs> you, you know, the fall guy? I, I was the fall Chris guy Carter's fall guy. Uh, if you do manage to get a non-racist turkey sandwich, you only use the dark meat, and of course, no mayonnaise, and of course, wheat bread, not you white. You can't have white bread. Doesn't matter. Once you put your dark meat on rye with brown mustard in your lunch sack, you're still racist. Elliot Bronstein of Seattle Office for Civil Rights sent out a memo to her government employees banning the term brown bag, as in brown bag lunches. 
they had regular gatherings where they would get people together, like to talk about office thing, how to fix, be more efficient, whatever. So they say we'll have a brown bag lunch on Friday, and we'll sit out in the common and talk and fix things. Uh, uh, no more brown bag lunches because your brown bag lunch looks racist. It has now officially been banned. Looks like we can't call it whiteout anymore. <laughs> Very. And what happens if we have a blizzard? It's it's a whiteout. It, it can't be. No, it can't be a whiteout. Could be. Uh, uh, obfuscatory event, maybe? And what if I have photos of you from Vegas, which I do, that I will be using to make sure that you bring me lunch every day? That would be... You're not blackmailing me. I, 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 think, see, I, I, I thought I would. You're I, urban mailing me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm urban miring you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the question at 844-404-1067 or call the confession hotline uh, at 404 404- Four three six two thousand seven stuff that no joke. I I had no idea that a master's degree was racist because the word master makes people slavery. I had no idea that uh, complimenting America as a good place to live, saying that we want a colorblind society. I thought that was as anti-racist as you can get. That apparently is racist. And so you learn this stuff as you live. If there's some word phrase, something you've been doing that you didn't realize was offensive, and then somebody came up to you and said, do you realize how that hurts me, how that makes me feel? Please feel free to confess it on the Confession Hotline, 404-436-2007, and you can win tickets to see Better Than Ezra, Sugar Ray, Uncle Cracker, and Eve Six at the Chastain this Wednesday. The one that jumps out at me is Anchor Babies. And, I mean, I hear people make impassioned pleas about how offensive the term anchor babies is. This term is incredibly offensive, Pam, because it actually legitimizes the dehumanization of our most vulnerable, of our most innocent, of children. And in fact, people who use this term and who use it in a derogatory manner don't necessarily differentiate between the children of legal citizens even in some cases, and those who, who are undocumented. And that is why blanketing the term and, and using it as such is so offensive. I, I'm so, I didn't know Anchor Baby was offensive. I had no idea. I, I, I mean, it just describes, uh, you know, a person's motivation for having a child in the United States, whether that person is from Asia as a birth tourist or whether they're here from Guatemala as an illegal immigrant. I didn't, I honestly, I I still don't understand why it's offensive. Leah is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Michael. Hi. So if I'm brown nosing Mm -hmm. or if I refer to someone as brown nosing, am I being racist? Uh, I didn't think so, but I didn't know the brown bag lunches were racist either, Leah. Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. Well, I'm going to have to chastise you again for putting these crazies. Who comes up with this stuff? Uh, I told really? you it was the Seattle Office for Civil Rights. They sent out an, a memo to all employees. You shall not have brown bag lunches. You shall not meet for brown baggers. No. Now, I know what a double bagger is, but I didn't know. <laughs> well, now, Leah, you laughed. You know, too. That's why I love the fact you listen to the show. So much talk, so little time. I am Michael Graham. American servicemen and their friend on vacation in France 
praise for stopping what could have been a mass killing. Joe Biden is adding intrigue to the Democratic race. Biden met privately with popular liberal senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. You can't turn over the government to a, a person just because you like uh, you like his hat. The FBI does not investigate machines. It investigates people. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Her email would have been safer if it would have been entrusted to Ashley Madison. And News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. Am I still allowed to say that the hashtag is stuff I didn't know was racist? And we're just trying to figure out what, because now that this new list has come out telling us that, um, Climate change is racist because it impacts communities of color more than it does communities of power. I don't know what that means. Uh, Complimenting America as an open and fair country is racist. Baba black sheep is racist. Liking white meat as opposed to dark meat is racist. And, And your brown bag lunches are racist. Brown bag, really brown. Uh, so the hashtag on Twitter and also the topic on the confession hotline at 404-436-2007 is, uh, stuff I didn't know was racist. And the best call on the confession hotline today, will get tickets to see Uncle Cracker, Sugar Ray, Better Than Ezra, Eve Six at Chastain this Wednesday. Of course, we also have the lunch line every uh, day around 1135 and we'll be sending you to Community Smith, Midtown Atlanta's Modern Meadery, not eatery, meadery, community Smith. So uh, lots of reasons to listen and hang out. Also, even more important than all that, Dennis Gartman, uh, the uh, economist market analyzer, is going to be with us at 1115 to talk about where we are right now with the markets. Uh, China lost all of its upside. All of the advances in Chinese markets were lost in two days. America already went, our markets went down 6% last week. We lost a couple of points, percentages already today. The last time I saw the Dow, it was, yeah, it's down to 16,000. So it's down about, what, 400 points, ballpark figure? We'll have to see what that, but it's not a good day, uh, bottom line. So the question is, what should you do and how should you react? We'll be talking to Dennis Gartman about that coming up in just a few moments. Also, we got to celebrate the Americans who did what Americans have done so many times in the past. Go to France to kill anti-Semites before they can kill the French. We begin with that heroic moment on a high-speed train. Two American servicemen and their friend on vacation in France praised for stopping what could have been a mass killing. The attacker tied up, those Americans beating him with his own rifle. One of them seriously hurt in the takedown. The suspect was identified as Ayub El-Khazani, a 26-year-old native of Morocco. French authorities say he may have belonged to a radical Islamist movement. On board the train, authorities found an AK-47, a handgun, a box cutter, and ammunition. My favorite part of this story, uh, as he was cocking it to shoot it, Alec yells, Spencer, go, and Spencer runs down the aisle. Spencer makes first contact. He tackles the guy. 
Alec wrestles the gun from him, and the gunman pulls out a box cutter and slices Spencer a few times. Best line of this whole story. And then the three of us beat him until he was unconscious. Yes! There you go. America. America. Bleep yeah. Absolutely. And then the three of us beat him until he was unconscious, which is the right thing to do when one encounters a gun-wielding, knife-wielding Islamist whack job. Now, Ayub al-Khazani, who, astonishing all of us, turns out not, in fact, to be a Methodist, uh, he says he's, quote, dumbfounded that he's accused of terrorism. Sophie David, a lawyer representing him, said he denies firing a single shot. He is dumbfounded that his act is being linked to terrorism. He says, oh, no, 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 no. The reason why he had a Kalashnikov and at least five, I saw five magazines of ammo. There may have been more and a handgun and a box cutter. The reason he had all found all this is that he found a suitcase with the Kalashnikov in it just sitting in the park near the train station. He just, he just, oh my goodness, Allah be praised. I seem to have found a package of some sort. Oh my goodness, look what's inside. A semi-automatic rifle and (laughs) rounds of ammo. Oh my goodness, there seems to be a knife and a gun in here. My, my, Allah be praised. Now what shall I do? And then for some reason that has absolutely nothing to do with terrorism, he decided to take the bag full of weapons, get on a train, go in the bathroom of the train, take off his shirt so he could come out shirtless Rambo style with the Kalashnikov and start unloading. The good news, bad news is that uh, a uh, French gentleman was going into the bathroom and ran into the guy, and that was where the first encounter occurred. I've heard so many people argue at 844-404-1067, you know, the... the, uh, the wrong thing to do is to go out and to risk your life for a bunch of strangers. I've heard so many people say, oh, no, no, if something happens, I'm not doing anything. No way. Not me. I'm not going to do it. I, I got to think about my wife and kids. I've had police officers call this show. You've heard them and say, oh, my number one job is to go home to my wife and kids every night. That's my number one job. I'm not here to defend you and protect you. I'm here to uphold the law without getting myself in danger. I've had so many people tell me that when I mock the cowards who, in such a French-like manner, cower, whether it's at a restaurant or a movie theater, that I'm the a-hole because you're doing what good sense and common sense tell you to do. It's not my job. Well, they asked the, because there was a British guy, a 62-year-old British guy who helped take the gunman down too, and they asked him what he did. He said, I could either die in my seat or I could die, you know, uh, st- how do you say it? Either standing up or fighting. Either I, I, either I could do nothing and die or I could do something and die. And I chose do something. And so bravo for these guys who stood up and did something. They didn't have to, and there was a chance that they not, would have been the ones that this guy missed. There's a chance they could have stayed under their seat. He would have killed other people. But the example of these three Americans visiting France on vacation, one of them with no military experience, one of them a reservist, and the other a full-time military, 
their example, uh, to me, is the example to everybody. Everybody. There were two groups of people. People who did the right. This was not heroes. This was not heroes and normal people. Uh Uh-uh. This was normal people and cowards. There was a day when we would have expected, particularly young, healthy men, if some nut stands up and starts to threaten everybody, we would expect those young, healthy men to rush the guy. That's what we would have expected. And so are these guys heroes? Yes and no. They're heroes under the new definition. What they did was heroic, but there was a time when we would have expected the average man, particularly the average American man, to do the same thing. 844-404-1067. So what's going on with the markets? Is it time for you to panic? You'll find out with uh, market expert Dennis Gartman in mere moments. Lunch. Doesn't have to cost dough Because every day On Michael Graham's show The Lunch Line Kick it! You get free lunch if you call in when 844-404-1067 Free food is yours if you just listen Every day we give away free lunch at this time. This time today sponsored once again by tasteofatlanta.com. Your lunch line is from Community Smith, Midtown Atlanta's modern meadery and you'll be eating free lunch at Community Smith. If you can call 844-404-1067 and finish this line from today's news. It's now even clear to the most liberal of reporters who have been supporting her all along that her email, that her email would have been safer if it would have been entrusted to. (laughs) If you know what prominent controversial website uh, Hillary's emails would have been safer with, 844-404-1067. Can you play that one more time, please? It's now even clear to the most liberal of reporters who have been supporting her all along that her email, that her email would have been safer if it would have been entrusted to. 844-404-1067. If you can finish that line, free lunch is yours in the lunch line. And uh, if you've been naughty on the Internet, that should be an easy answer for you. We're also still looking for. Stuff you didn't know was racist. In inspired by this list that we that just came out, saying brown bag lunches are racist. Brown bag and uh, white meat turkey is racist. White meat. So if you've said, if you've run into something that was racist or sexist or offensive in some way to some group of people, and you honestly had no idea, call the confession hotline at four zero four four three six two thousand seven. And you have a chance to win uh, tickets to see uh, Better Than Ezra, Sugar Ray, Uncle Cracker this Wednesday. Let's give away some free lunch. Roger, are you ready to go? I am. We play the line. You finish it right here. It's now even clear to the most liberal of reporters who have been supporting her all along that her email, that her email would have been safer if it would have been entrusted to Roger. Ashley Madison. That her email would have been safer if it would have been entrusted to Ashley Madison. We have a winner. Roger, hang on, and we will send you to Community Smith, Midtown Atlanta's Modern Meadery. Once again, all sponsored by Taste of Atlanta, the 25th through the 27th of September at Tech Square. 90 restaurants will be participating in Taste of Atlanta. So enjoy that uh, that lunch, Roger, and tell them that we sent you uh, here from News Radio 106.7. Uh, other stories that, you know, the, the buzz about, um, 
Joe Biden possibly running. He did have a meeting with Liz Warren for some reason over the weekend. No one can say why. His staffer said, well, they were just there to discuss the economy. He was on vacation. He came back to D.C. to meet with Liz Warren. There are plenty of other senators one would meet with on the uh, uh, the economy. Why Liz Warren? What I find fascinating is here we are in the middle of this conversation about what is offensive, what is not offensive. You know, where is the line? Um, I, I, I still and I'm, I, I mean this. If someone can explain to me why the term anchor baby is even theoretically offensive, I would appreciate it. Cause I don't, I, I don't understand. Normally I can figure out what's offensive about no, Redskins. I get that, but I don't even get it. But if in this arena where we're so hyper paranoid about offense, whatever, remember who Liz Warren is. Liz Warren is a woman who is not just white, but she's whiter than I am. She's, uh, you know, uh, Scandinavian white. She's Lake Wobegon white. And she applied for positions at law schools as a teacher claiming that she was a member of a minority group. And she was listed on Harvard University's list of minority uh, professors. She was listed on the University of Pennsylvania and a couple of other colleges list. And, I mean, I don't know for a fact that she got hired for any of those specific jobs as a minority, but it's reasonable to assume because these are liberal colleges that they had quotas they were trying to meet and that if there was a slot available and Liz Warren had been honest and said, I'm a white woman, and there had been other qualified candidates who were black, Hispanic, Indian, whatever, that that would have had some impact. I mean, there's a reason why Harvard and these other universities listed her on their minority staff members because they, you know, they, they have, they have a quota or target or whatever they're trying to reach. So it is safe to say that out there in the world right now, there's a black man or an Asian woman or an Hispanic lady who didn't get a job because Liz Warren lied and claimed that she's a native American. Now she says she never lied that she just thought She was Native American, which I guess, I don't know, this is the new thing now, like Rachel Dolezal and this Sean King guy, and they just, you just make the stuff as you go. But there is no, she, I'm not, uh, I don't want to be unclear here. She is absolutely not Native American as as measurable by human beings. Maybe somewhere, you know, like nine generations back or something, but as far as, the record that's available back to her family coming to the United States. She's totally a white lady. Are Democrats really going to back a white lady who took a job from a black lady or an Hispanic lady by lying about being white? And I say, this is a guy, look, the, the argument's been made by um, Elizabeth Warren defenders. Well, Michael, you know, I mean, she her, she thought she was Indian, and you know what she what's she going to do? Go challenge your parents and get a gene pool test done? No, 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 no. The point is that no matter what her bloodstream says, which is once again totally white, the point is she never lived a day of her life as an Indian. Not one. I my grandfather's grandmother Nancy Hill 
was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian who lived in the Indiana ter- uh, the Oklahoma territories before they became a state. She was as Indian, as Native American as you can get, which means that I am one thirty-second. I think we figured it up, Native American. So technically, I could claim, you know, I have a Native American background. I could say that. I'm an Indian. I'm part of it. It's, it's legitimately, genetically true. But I would never do that, ever. Because it would be stupid. Because I've never ex- lived a life as uh, anything but a white guy. My whole life, I was treated like a redneck in South Carolina, which is what I grew up as. Not one day in my life did I ever have anyone say to me, whatever, you know, oh, want some fire water or, you know, we don't want to hire him because Indians or whatever. Or whatever these, whatever the, uh, <clears throat> the ethnic challenges of being Native American that are the reason why we have these job set-asides, I never experienced it. The reason we have set-asides for black Americans is because black Americans suffered for being black. And so we want to try to you know, make it up for what happened to your grandfather and great-grandfather by, you know, giving you an advantage today. I never suffered. There was no suffering for me, and there was no suffering for Focahontas, uh, uh, Liz Warren. None. So it's just really interesting to me if pe- people are telling me Donald Trump is a horrific racist for saying anchor baby but we're totally okay with Liz Warren lying about being an Indian and taking jobs from actual minorities. I can't make those two fit together. I cannot fill that peg and hole. And I'd be curious to know what actual black and Hispanic Americans think about Liz Warren. Is your attitude that that's fine with you? You don't care? You tell me, 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Sugar Ray for you. He'll be at Chastain this Wednesday along with Uncle Cracker. Two of my favorite acts, by the way. Plus, better than Ezra, who are too hip for me, and Eve Six. And you'll have a chance to win tickets in the confession hotline. Uh, so, Brandon, if I were going to ask you to rank your sexuality on the Kinsey scale from zero, never going to happen to six, I might one day have a date. No, I'm kidding. From zero being 100% straight to six being 100% gay, where would you rank yourself on that scale? I would hope I'm a zero. Well, no, it's not, there's no hope. I mean, it's, this is how Kinsey has been, you know, measuring this for decades. At least the Kinsey model has been, you know, people are asked to rank themselves. Are you a zero? Given the shenanigans that used to partake in the baseball locker room, probably a one. A one. Okay, there probably you go. a one. Soccer boy, zero to six. Where would you rank yourself? Zero. 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 He's such a. He's so repressed. We know he's going. Uh, here's what's interesting. Brand new edition of the Kinsey survey is out. A third of people your age, millennials, say they are not a zero. A third say they're somewhere above, either all the way on a six, which is a relatively small number. Lots of twos, threes, fours. I kissed a girl and I liked it kind of stuff going on there. Are you surprised? No, not at all. Really? I, there was a- Soccer boy, are you surprised that you're a third of the people you hang out with? I, I just are- want to know where these people are because I don't well, know any of them. One of them's your roommate. And he's, no. You're going to find no, out in the middle of the night. I don't know night. any of them. You're going to find out on a cold December night. Hey! That's that's how you find out. Yeah. You- I, I know a girl who openly says, 
I only date bisexual guys. Really? So oh, those okay. guys who are I mean, like a three or four, you yeah, know, you have a shot. Interestingly, women are more likely than men to say I'm something other than a zero. Uh, and Democrats are more likely than independents or Republicans. Old people, they're all zeros. At least that's what they say. So there you go. And now it's time for the one, the only, the world famous. Thank you for calling the Confession Hotline. The Confession Hotline brought to you by Chastain, where you'll be able to see the Uncle Cracker Sugar Ray and the gang this Wednesday. Let's give away some tickets. France, you're freaking welcome. <laughs> Great phone call, sir. That's all, all, you, all you got to say. That is a great, that is a classic confession hotline phone call. I do confess that it offends me every time someone mentions uh, something is going south. You know, that's a very good point. Southerners, they don't ever rap. You know what's a new one I didn't know? The movie Lady and the Tramp is that's offensive. Very, Why? very offensive Why? to ladies. <laughs> no, oh. Lady and the, oh, the, the Tramp animated part. Disney movie. Oh, I've had the Tramp. Do you remember who the villains were who were trying to break up Lady and the Tramp? No, the I didn't. Siamese cats with oriental features. Ooh. Sorry, can't let kids watch it. Around. Absolutely. I love getting bad service or maybe even the wrong food at a restaurant because oftentimes if I'm nice and I do speak to the manager, right. I'll get that meal for free. <laughs> And then uh, a lot of times I'll uh, get another meal to come back again, and I'll get that for free as well. So so crappy, you get to come back for free and have the crap again. I've never understood that system. When I go out to eat, I want things to be not, I don't. We don't get to go that often. I want things to be, you know, kind of nice. Hillary, drop out. There's your advice. You are the most powerful woman in the world, and you were broke when you left the White House. You can't even run your household budget. Uh, it's kind of... Tough love. Tough love for yeah. Mrs. Clinton. Any any her. advice for Hillary? Run. <laughs> Hi. The most offensive thing someone has ever heard from me is I was serving them at my restaurant, and they ordered the country fried chicken, right. and I asked them if they wanted cream gravy or brown gravy, and they were clearly offended by that. <laughs> what you mean, brown gravy? <laughs> I'm also thinking of the disturbing attributes of cream gravy from yeah. that zero to six measurement yeah. again. In regards to the tipping discussion, why should we have to tip in the first place? Why should I pay you for doing your job? I understand you only make two, two fifty an hour, but that's not my fault. That's not my responsibility. Your employer should be paying you more. It should not be up to me to pay you when you are already getting paid to do a service. Gee, that sounds awfully familiar, caller. It seems to me that I've heard somebody else express almost the exact same opinion opinion before. That guy's a total jerk. Uh, who knew that we had Steve Buscemi calling into our show? I don't tip because society says I have to. All right, I mean, I'll tip if somebody really deserves a tip. If they really put forth the effort, I'll give them something extra. But, I mean, it's tipping automatically. <laughs> uh, it's for the birds. Uh, it's how the American system works, pal. You don't want to tip, then don't go out and eat. Go through the drive-thru, go to the fast food. That's how it works. At the man. airport, somebody tipped the lady who just put your bag on the conveyor belt. Uh, that's was... kind of a little weird. Yes, soccer boy? Well, I was just going to say, I, I kind of want to start living my life like that, just not tipping anything uh-huh. and see how that works out for well, me. Well, I mean, the, the, you jerks like you are already factored into the system, so someone else will step up. It's like also like the dummies who like to tip for everything, like everywhere they go, and they have no clue what they're doing, and they... They get the meal that's already got the tip calculated, and they tip again. Yeah, Michael, advice for Hillary. It's mm-hmm. tough. She, her numbers are really plunging. She's not very popular. I would say start riding high-speed trains through France. 
uh, one time I was doing landscaping work and uh, mm-hmm. I was in a ditch working. And I told my coworker to toss me a spade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, you're racist. Oh, come on, please. Greetings, Infidel ah, Michael. It's Random it ISIS is guy. I, he wasn't random killed. Random ISIS guy. When I receive poor service at a restaurant, I write a Yelp review. The review <laughs> contains a trigger phrase, which activates a sleeper cell, which then bombs the restaurant. Yeah, if you have a phrase with a trigger warning in the Yelp review, that's not so good. Man, great calls to the Confession Hotline. Remember, it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I think the winner's got to be gravy, don't you think? Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? I'm feeling really generous. Okay. I like the first caller, too, that just, France, you're welcome. I'm going to give him a pair of tickets also. France, you're welcome. You get to go to the concert this Wednesday at Chastain. Gravy Girl, you get to go uh, to the uh, concert this Wednesday at Chastain. I'm Michael Graham, award-winning broadcasting legend, The Kimmer, coming up next on News Radio 106.7.